0: Welcome back to another episode of Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I am Melissa Dealey, your host, and bringing you another fabulous guest expert today, Jason Cronin. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Melissa. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Well, I'm excited to have you here and share your expertise with my audience today. But first, I just want to introduce you. Jason earned a master's degree in exercise science and studied martial arts for over 20 years, obtaining a black belt in taekwondo. So don't mess with him. Uh He is the owner of Body Express Wellness Solutions and has 20 plus years experience as an exercise physiologist, gym owner, holistic personal trainer and motivational speaker. So that's a lot that you've achieved, Jason, but I'd love for you to share your story. What led you into, you know, this passion for, you know, fitness and health, et cetera, et cetera?
1: Yeah, a lot of people ask me that question. And actually, when I was in high school, I wanted to become a robotic engineer. I love robots. I love animatron like Jaws and King Kong. Those are all robots in the movies. But then anatomy and physiology was something I really excelled at well in school. And then I had an opportunity to see an athletic trainer during my careers class. So I went to school for athletic training, changed my career to exercise science. And here I am now doing exercise science, personal training, nutrition coaching, and a combination of everything else. And uh, it was interesting turn. So um, instead of designing robots, I'm designing bodies.
0: Uh, Yeah, exactly. Pretty close. I like that. There's just a really strong connection there. And, you know, let's talk about the importance of designing bodies, right? I think so many of us take our body for granted um, and forget that we actually need to look after it until something goes wrong. But I'm sure like myself, you're in the proactive or recommend the proactive approach anyway, and would love to have more clients that um, focus on proactive physical functionality, I'm guessing, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm all proactive. I live and preach what I teach. I wake up every morning with gratitude, do my meditation, do my yoga, do my, my vibration plate training, do my foot massage, end my actual routine every morning and do my qigong every single morning. I've been doing that strictly. It doesn't matter what day it is, how I feel. I could have one hour of sleep. I still do that. And uh, it definitely helps and it keeps me on a routine and I feel great and actually gets rid of my anxiety, which I am a big proponent of getting rid of anxiety or stopping it from getting to the point where you can't function.
0: I love that. And I love how you've talked about so many different modalities right there that tie in with the work that you do so it's never just one thing right it's finding what works for you
1: absolutely most definitely you have to find what works if you're if you love dancing or you love to walk or bike or swim or just read a book or prayer whatever works for you is what is going to keep you feeling uh, pretty much I would say happy to wake up in the morning and do what you want to do every single day
0: And what I'm hearing too, there is, there's a really important balance between calming the nervous system, you know, through the meditation, through the Qigong practice, et cetera. And there may have been others of what you said that you said it so quickly. I don't remember now balancing that with then looking after the physical body that when we do all of that, that allows you to be waking up with joy and then loving the work that you do.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You have to like what you would do what you do for a living and if you don't then you're gonna to have to find a way to enjoy it or find something that you do have a passion for that's the most important part.
0: very true because we spend a lot of time at what we do for a living right so to dislike what or even hate in some cases what you do is a lot of hours of wasted energy mental and physical and emotional that get cooped up in all of that right So you have something called the eight dimensions of wellness, and I really want to dive into that because, you know, we've touched on a couple of things, stress and exercise, et cetera there, but tell me more about the eight dimensions of wellness.
1: Absolutely. Most people don't realize that when I ask someone what the the dimensions of wellness are, they say the physical, the intellectual, the financial, uh, sometimes they say the spiritual. But there are eight dimensions, actually nine dimensions, and the ninth dimension is actually creativity. So the first one's physical, then it's intellectual, financial, environmental, spiritual, social, occupational, and emotional. And creativity is what wraps it all together. Being creative in everything that you do will make you whole. Some people will actually be very physically fit, but mentally not healthy. You could be Mm -hmm. very, very wealthy and super ill or someone may have millions of dollars, which I've worked for people that had millions of dollars and they were on their deathbed and they actually passed away because they didn't take care of themselves. You got to have a balance. That's very, very important.
0: So you said those very quickly again. So I'm going to ask you to just go through them and slow down and just say each one of them again. And then I'd love to dive into each one. So just if you can list them off again, that would be really helpful.
1: Absolutely. First one is physical, mm-hmm. physical body. The second one is intellectual or mental Then financial, environmental, environmental could be your environment or also uh, recycling and different types of aspects to save the planet. And then also spiritual, social, occupational, and emotional.
0: Awesome. So... Um, I love what you said about the fact that you have to have that balance because if you have too much of one and not enough of another, then that's where, you know, your life can be skewed and something is going wrong, right? So the person who has all the wealth, but hasn't taken care of themselves ended up dying. So their physical health wasn't great. Perhaps their emotional or their intellectual health wasn't great, Right. I see that all the time and I think health and wealth go together so closely because as I work with people and my mission is to, you know, create a healthier um, global community, really. If people are living longer, then we need more wealth in order to fund that. So they go hand in hand. Or as you've said, if you have too much wealth and you haven't looked after your health, then you've got a real problem. Um, And again, looking after the physical, is so important, but then so is the spiritual. So is the emotional, right? So if you want to just dive into a little bit more depth, the work that you do with the physical and how that, how you then work with clients to go through the eight dimensions and help them tap into each of those areas, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I've actually did two webinars recently for, on this topic specifically for teachers, as well as for business owners and entrepreneurs and solopreneurs to help them. First one is physical. What I do is I set up a program for a person to either do weight loss, conditioning, toning, building muscle, build coordination, balance, self-esteem. All those aspects are really important for the physical aspect of the person and making sure that you are a healthy weight, making sure that you are toning your muscles, building your core, building your posture, making sure that you're healthy, your spine is in proper alignment with certain stretches and strengthening. It's really, really important. And then when I go into the intellectual aspect of it, the mind goes along with the body. If, for instance, you are like, for instance, I've dealt with anxiety for a long time, that may affect all the emotional aspects of what you're doing. So say, for instance, you're super healthy, and you're physically fit but your anxiety is constantly immersing itself and causing a problem it doesn't matter how fit you are your mind is still not healthy and so it's going to force you to have a stop in the road a lot of times I, I was super fit doing martial arts for my whole life and I would be dealing with anxiety and pain so the pain was manifest from the anxiety but I was very fit the only way to get 100 percent mind and body is to figure out what's causing the anxiety and get rid of that fear. And a doctor asked me, he said, what is the thing that you're afraid of? What is your fear? And a lot of it was becoming sick or becoming uh, not accepted in society or maybe even also not doing 100% or being perfect. That A lot of people try to uh, be perfectionists or procrastinate And they get all stressed out and anxious because they didn't do the work or they're doing the work and it's not perfect. And anxiety is a big problem for a lot of people. That's why I try to help them with the intellectual aspect of it and also the physical aspect at the same time and bring them both together with the meditation and fitness, the qigong, the yoga. And that's the mind and body connection. You need to have a healthy mind for your body to work functionally.
0: And that makes so much sense, and I, I love that. And while you were talking, I was thinking about a webinar that I was on yesterday, where we were talking about perfectionism, and we were talking about the fact that a lot of people will say, "I'm a perfectionist," as if it's a trait, right? And the discussion that we were having is that it's not actually a trait per se. Think of it as as, you know, like a, a skills gap. That when we're being that perfectionist, when we're trying to make it perfect, it's because we're trying to cover up a gap, right? And when we fill that gap as much as possible, then we don't have to be in that state of trying to be the perfectionist. And I just thought that was a really interesting way to think about it, right? Because whenever we're trying to make something perfect, it's because we're up-leveling, but why are we up-leveling? We're up-leveling potentially because we are feeling like whatever we're doing normally isn't good enough. And so there that's the gap, right? And just understanding that might shift people's mindset around the perfectionism and recognizing that it doesn't have to be perfect. I'm missing a gap. Maybe it can never be perfect, which we also know to be the yeah. truth, but it just shifts the mindset around it too. And then that can also help potentially if there's anxiety around it. And of course, anxiety is looking into the future and worrying about something that hasn't yet happened. And that's where that fear piece was coming from that the doctor was asking you about, right? Absolutely.
1: So,
0: so, yeah. And so I, go ahead.
1: And I also focus on the burnout aspect as well, because anxiety and stress can lead to burnout. Mm-hmm. And I try to help clients prevent that stage of burnout. And the signs and symptoms are very, very much prominent, uh, Super stressed. Um, a person is becoming uh, more of a loner or a person that says they feel trapped and I can't stop what they're doing or they're so stressed where they feel like they're not able to really be themselves anymore. And those are all signs of burnout or the person says, I'm done, I can't take this anymore and they quit and they basically go into a slump or depression sometimes because they're not able to function anymore mentally and physically because they're so overwhelmed and stressed. And their body needs a break. And some people do take off from their job or a corporation or an, and stop and take two weeks for themselves to readjust, reset, and regroup.
0: And burnout is such a problem in today's world. It really is. It's part of the demand, whether it's corporate or even entrepreneurs burning out as they try to wear all the hats and build their business all by themselves, or corporate just the demands. If you get paid for the forty-hour week, but there's always more work to be done, and you're expected to, you know, the boss is there late, so you have to stay late, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it ends up being a sixty-hour week, and the stress on top of that, we put so much pressure on our bodies, on our systems. And during that time, we're likely not eating well, we're not sleeping well, right? And so that's starting to have us become deficient in key vitamins and minerals as, you know, stress burns through that as well as can cause health issues in our gut, et cetera. And when we're deficient in those minerals, that can start to lead towards, you know, heart conditions, you know, all of this, it's all connected. So I love that you're helping people before it gets to that stage and just getting that message out so that people know that it's a real problem and to seek help from people you know, like yourself that can uh, help look at the eight dimensions of wellness, right? Not just one part of it. Often when you go to the doctor, they're looking at just one part of it because they only have seven minutes with you, right? And then they write a prescription and say, here you go. And that's not bringing you back from the brink of burnout. It's not helping you, you know, lower your anxiety. It's just covering it with symptoms. I mean, with, you know, masking the symptoms, I should say. So yeah, the work that you do is really important. Very, 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 very powerful. So we've covered physical and intellectual. Let's go into a a few more of these eight dimensions of wellness. You had
1: Another aspect would mm-hmm. be, uh, for instance, the emotional. So we'll stay on the person first before we go to the aspect of the outside dimensions. The emotional. Your emotions have a lot to do with how you feel physically and mentally. And a lot of times your subconscious or your conscious brain are affected by what's happening in your environment. Like For instance, if you're in an abusive relationship or if you uh, a, have a boss that constantly yells at you and puts you down, That will affect you emotionally. will also call you stress and also affect you mentally and also physically over time. You may get ill. Your immune system will get lower. Your body is constantly in that cycle. So your environment is really important. That's why, for instance, people that deal with feng shui, people that deal with setting up their room a certain way, lighting, colors, uh, music, sound, vibrations, all those things are really important. I actually listen to vibration music while I'm working uh, doing my office work. I listen to the frequency of 528, which is they say is the frequency of love, but also for intuition and also for people to really experience uh, a connection with the external like, uh, environment. Like Whenever I do that and I'm writing my book, I'm actually typing my book and listen to that music. It actually always something good happens. A new client calls me. Uh, I'm more connected to the external environment
0: where you get downloads for your book or something right
1: exactly yeah once it's all finished hopefully yeah yeah let's take it a while but yeah definitely emotional is very very important i think half of our what's happening with our internal self is emotional and then our environment is connected to that and what's going on in our environment connects is connected to our emotions because you could take a set of twins and put them in two different environments and you're going to get two different reactions they may end up doing something similar in life but one's going to be more happier. And the other, if their environment is better. There's been a lot of studies done with twins and jobs and, and different families and environments. And sometimes they end up doing a similar thing. Sometimes they end up doing totally opposite because their nurture was different. Their overall feel of what their parents told them what to do was different. And that's the same thing for your environment. You need to set your environment up the way you want. And the one person I asked them this, I said, what is your true meaning of wellness? And the person said to me during my podcast, they said, having a life that you never want to leave and every day wake up happy and positive. And I thought about that as a kid in a candy store that sees all this candy and everything and really is appealing to him and doesn't want to leave that store. Your life should be like a store where you never want to leave that environment. Things will yeah, change a lot. You definitely. It's yeah. A really good-
0: that's a really good answer to that question. I, I love that. And I also, um, really resonate with what you're saying about the connection between, you know, the mental body, the emotional body, the physical body, etc. cetera, because uh, we have four bodies, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and it's the physical body where illness shows up last, right? So it starts higher up, but we are not as in tune with our mental body, our spiritual body, and our emotional body as we are with our physical body. But the reality is by the time we have the symptoms in our physical body, they've already showed up elsewhere in our life. We just haven't had the awareness to recognize it. Would you agree with that in your work?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. The spiritual aspect is really important. Um, My meditation has has somewhat of spirituality to it. And it's really important to have your mind clear. I always clear my mind. I call it the reset, hitting the reset button. Or I do that in the evening and I do it in the morning. And I do follow some Buddhist practices uh, just because that's my the mindset of is very clear and pure. But also you can have all different other practices as well. The meditation is all different styles, not just the religion. And uh, it's super important. I think you need to start with a clear mind before you can get anywhere in your day.
0: I love that. Super, super great tip. So I hope the audience is listening. They might have to come back and listen again and write some of this down because so much great wisdom is coming out of you right now. And uh, yeah, it's fabulous. So um, so those are all the ones uh, dimensions around the physical body. So let's move externally now.
1: Sure. So financial, financial mean a lot for most people. For instance, it could be your job. It could be your career. It could be the money you're bringing in. A lot of times your financial wellness will affect you physically and emotionally. Because if you're not making enough money to support yourself or your family, you're always going to be stressing. You won't be able to sleep at night. You're always wondering where the next paycheck is coming. But believe me, we've all been there done that. And that's something where you have to keep telling yourself, I don't want this to affect me, even though maybe you don't have all the funds that you need right now. It should not be able to affect you mentally and emotionally and physically because that's what's going to bring you down and you're not going to be able to make more money. Because you're going to be sick and ill and end up in the hospital because of the stress and over, over emphasizing everything you have to do to make them make more money. So you just got to make a plan and figure out how to get there from point A to point B and figure out your end goal. People say always visualize your end goal and figure out the steps in between to get there. And that's what I've been doing, actually, uh, trying to figure out what to do to get successful, become a motivational speaker, get out there and really get my book out there and just got to delegate And also you have to make a plan to get to that next level.
0: And you you need the support of others like yourself or there's, I know there's a lot of money coaches out there too, but that money mindset is such a key stopping point for people and where they get stuck. And as you said, there's the stress that then, ends up with physical illness, but it all starts in that initial mindset and the stories that we tell ourselves in our head, right? And we beat ourselves up and we get ourselves down. And if that's where we put our focus, that's what we get more of. And we, gotta, we need the help often to get outside of that and make a plan, like you said.
1: Sometimes manifesting does work. I actually manifested the other day that uh, I'm going to have another opportunity coming my way. And I was putting on the music and working and in my office. And then I kept getting calls for clients. I also got an opportunity to team up with a martial arts school as a program director and do my business and a combination. I'm actually a DJ and an MC on the side for fun, the to work towards my motivational speaking. Uh, and that, that came towards me as well. So I actually am speaking to audiences on a weekly basis. And I kept manifesting these ideas in my head of where I want to be. And it's those are the steps to get the big stages. In the next stage and TED talk and all the things where I want to get to, which will bring finances eventually to me.
0: That's awesome. And I, I love how you're, you're planning it out, but then you're using the tools to also clear your mind and get into that place where you are open for the opportunities to come in, right? When we're Absolutely. stuck and locked, we're not even open for them to come in. If you're enjoying my content and someone that wants to step into being proactive in your health and learning more, I would love to invite you to join my membership community. There's a link in the show notes for only $19.99 a month. You get access to all of my content, and there's a lot, as well as weekly calls that you can come and get your health questions answered. It's truly priceless. I'd love to see you join the community. Check out the link in the show notes. Awesome. So that's financial. And then keep going.
1: And environmental, we touched on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Environmental could be your environment, where you're at and how you want things set up as well, like for your emotions. But also it also affects people that do composting for their, env- uh, for their garden. Uh, also recycling, keeping your environment healthy and clean so that you can have fresh water, clean air. That's very important for your overall well-being so that we have a planet to live on all the health and wealth in the world, and then our planet is falling apart, which technically it's going there, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There's so many bad things happening in the world with cancers because of the environment and radiation. But we definitely need to take care of our environment. So it's very important. So starting with your environmental wellness, along with your physical, emotional, and all, all types of wellness is super important. It's just start at your community base and then work its way out. So taking care, I have a composting pile. I garden, I grow my own vegetables. I do my own, uh, uh, for instance, I buy eggs from people, local farmers, uh, people that are actually in in the local area. So starting with that is very important. So taking care of your environment would be, I would say, a very uh, high priority on your list.
0: Well, and especially going back to what you talked about earlier with the research with twins, et cetera, how important your environment is and how that matters, right, to your health and nature. And being out in nature is so critical as an easy way to drop us out of our fight or flight state and into our rest and digest state. And we get so much goodness from being in nature, from the microbes being blown onto our skin and then um, feeding our microbiome in a really positive way that we have to look after what is around us so that it's here for us to enjoy, but generations to come. So that's. Yeah, that's looking at a bigger scale for sure for us but also for the you know the planet and for generations to come but it's a really important part of wellness that most people aren't talking about so I love that you've included it. So what comes after that?
1: I would say social. Mm-hmm. Being social. Now with 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 the past pandemic we were not as social but now we're online as social. So it still counts but not as much but now we're getting more back in person depending on where you live but being social is super important. There's also It's shown that having a pet or a spouse is really important as you get older because being alone, it has a lot of effect on how you feel as well as your companionship. There's been a lot of studies as well with seniors that didn't have a companion or a pet and their overall life expectancy wasn't as it wasn't, is what they supposed to be living uh, there. A lot of people were sad and lonely and that caused them to have illness, a broken heart, A lot of times a spouse will pass and then another person will pass away six months later because of that loneliness can cause a problem and emotional issues. The same thing goes, your social environment, being out there with your friends and interacting with your family, going to groups, joining a meetup group, joining a gardening group, joining any type of group is really important. Either online or in person or having a conversation with people over the phone is super important for your well-being and health. And that's a big part of people dealing with anxiety and depression. don't feel like they have an outlet or someone to talk to, or even a therapist uh, is super important uh, for people to kind of release attention and also express themselves without actually uh, upsetting themselves or getting harmed, harming themselves.
0: And again, we are social beings. And so I know how important all of that is. And um, that another aspect of that, too, is the social piece is also helping stimulate our brains So yeah, people retire and they're looking forward to retirement. They're counting down the days. The first month is amazing. They have a plan. And then after that, they don't really have a plan and they're not seeing people as much because they're not in the workplace. And that just results in them being less social. And after a while, it feels like an effort to be social. And what there's research that shows that in retirement, you need to stay social so that you're not mentally bored because that can lead to depression, but also just to keep the mind active. You're meeting new people. You have to remember names, remember stories they've told, etc. That's keeping the mind active to help prevent Alzheimer's. So I love everything that you've said about social and the importance of that in our lives. Um, but also, even from a health perspective, a physical health perspective, it's really important as well.
1: Yeah. uh, Being social is very important. I'm a Toastmaster. I love Toastmasters. That's where I get a lot of my motivational speaking. I compete in Toastmasters. That's my social outlet because there's people that I want to associate with myself with. They do say for most people, if you want to get somewhere in life, you want to associate with yourself with the five people you want to be like in, for instance, uh, wealthy people say they only surround themselves with wealthy people. But if you're not wealthy yet, you got to have to find some wealthy people to surround yourself around that will allow you into the inner circle to help you get to that next level that's super important. And also people that are good mindset, like meetup.com. You can meet people that do yoga, people that do exercise, walking groups, all those t- types of groups are free usually. And you could just get out there and meet people. And that's very important uh, being social so that you do feel like you're, there's a, something more than just going to work or just having a, a job or, um, just living, you want to have some kind of outlet and whatever your passion is, like an artist or a person that sings or whatever you enjoy doing it should be, a, should be able to help you feel better.
0: A hundred percent. And that probably ties into occupational, which you want to talk about next. And we did mention at the beginning that if you don't love your job, maybe you need to find another job. But in the, <laughs> in the meantime, while you're not loving your job, you can counter that by joining groups that bring you joy so that, okay, you might not love the eight hours that you're at your job, but you can love the other, if you're sleeping eight hours, then you've got another eight hours that you can love through your social interaction, et cetera, et cetera. And the groups that you're part of and the people that you hang out with. And yes, be, choose the five people you hang out with the most because you reflect who they are. Right. So choose who choose them wisely. So yeah. So go into occupational because I'm Perfect. sure you're all connected there.
1: Oh, yeah. Occupational. sounds like financial, but it can be in a, in a way. Occupational is, is interesting because some people, for instance, love their job, but doesn't bring a lot of financial freedom. Mm-hmm. Like as a teacher, for instance, teachers make 30 grand a year. They go to school for, to get their master's. Uh, social workers, they love their jobs, but they don't get a lot of money out of it. That can be very stressful. I did some research the other day, and I noticed that there's so many jobs that pay just 20 to $25 an hour. You can be working with kids with mental illness, making the same money as somebody flipping burgers for $25 an hour in a restaurant or like a sous chef or something like that. And they have no – there's so much more of a tier. Um, I, I was looking at a job the other day that the person paid $15 an hour to work with kids with autism, and I wanted to team up with them and talk to them a little bit about working with them. And they're like, it's $15 an hour, and we usually hire high school kids to go through this really elaborate program that we took 20 years to design. I was like, okay, does it make any sense? And you're paying $15 an hour to high school kids that have a severe high level program that they're supposed to teach to help these kids with autism. And then you're talking to a person that's a sanitation worker getting $75 an hour, which is awesome for them, or a truck driver, but a person that is a psycho, like, for instance, working on, uh, like, a social worker, for instance, that working with really high-risk cases is getting, like, $15 to $20 an hour. They're working hard jobs, but at the same time, a social worker should really get more money, and you can make every job enjoyable regardless of what it is there is actually people that are crossing guards getting paid $15 an hour but they're singing and dancing in the intersection there are teachers out there that are making the class enjoyable and not looking at the financial aspect as much you could take the worst job and really make it fun there should be a tv show like that where you take any job and try to make some fun out of it
0: there should be that would be an awesome reality show
1: it would be taking the worst job ever like i don't know what but like scooping manure in a farm and singing and dancing. Just anything, you could make any job better as if you have a positive, happy mindset. That's so important. Try to find the best in everything, the positive, the uh, optimistic side, not the pessimistic side. And that is very important. And if you don't like your job and it is bringing you down, it's causing you to burn out, you do need to leave eventually and find something else. If that's that's the thing that's really causing a hindrance in your life, there are other jobs out there. And I've left jobs before because of that. And uh, I definitely uh, can relate to the people that are experienced in the burnout aspect. But yeah, occupation is super important. You need to like what you do and have a passion for it and write down what you enjoy doing and try to find it. If you can't invent it, that's the best thing. That's why a lot of us have our own businesses because we invented our own jobs.
0: Exactly, great suggestion. And so true that if you don't like what you're doing, leave it. And a lot of people will say, oh, but I can't because of blah, blah, blah. But when we get out of that f- frame of mind of being stuck and look at the opportunities instead, you know, I know so many people that felt stuck, but they finally moved on and they're so much happier in what they came to. We get into our own tunnel vision and we think there's no way out and we're just going to dig a, bit, a you know deeper hole. But when we lift our heads up and we are open to opportunities, then that's when the opportunities will show up and we can find something that brings us so much happiness. And I also love what you said about the crossing guard because when our highway was being built for the 2010 Olympics and it was, you know, they were widening it, et cetera. So it was a, you know, five year long project. There was one fellow that he wasn't a crossing guard, but he was the, you know, construction, this held the stop sign, right. For when it was single lane traffic only. And he was so much fun. He was always dancing, singing, bowing to people to let them go through. And, you know, he was in an area that I was driving through every day for, you know, several months. And I don't know his name, but in town, we were all talking about the one guy that made it really fun. And you kind of look forward to him in the morning and you give him a thumbs up or you'd wave or whatever. And meanwhile, everyone else is just standing there with their stop sign, popsicle pole, looking glum and bored out of their mind. Right. So that's a classic example of you can make any job fun. Right. Right. And in doing so, you're also cheering up other people and giving them something to look forward to and, you know, making their day more fun. So it is all about the mindset. It
1: is. Yeah, very much is. And that goes right to the emotional aspect of it as well.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think there's the one left now is creativity.
1: Yes. And that'd be the ninth one. So being creative is super important. Like what we talked about burnout, if a person loses creativity, say for instance you have a super creative employee or you're super creative and then all of a sudden you wake up one morning and you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm at a uh, stuck in my mind. I don't know what I'm thinking and that all my creativity is gone. That could be a sign of burnout. Like for instance, musicians that were once great writers, songwriters, and then all of a sudden they wake up one day and are stuck. No lyrics are coming to them. There's no passion. There's no... There's no more drive. That is sign of lack of creativity. So that could be the stress or burnout that's causing that issue. But someone did say to me, if you can go somewhere, some people take people on a trip to the mountains or to nature to become more creative. Like writers will go out in an environment mm-hmm. or musicians will go to a mountaintop. There are some corporations that have trips that take them to destinations to become more creative. I new a person out a business that did that and that's a good way to get your creativity back because if you start losing your creativity you start losing who you are and especially musicians and artists that's what their job is it's being creative and writing new material or drawing or painting even in your own business being creative a way to draw people in like that guy dancing he was being really creative to make a day fun and for his time to pass by and someone might see him and then put him on a tv show you never know never
0: know exactly maybe he was on a tv
1: show could be yeah yeah that's possible
0: That's awesome. So yeah, thank you very much for sharing all of that. So I called it the eight dimensions of wellness. So did you add creativity and then you've now renamed it the nine dimensions or is it the eight dimensions plus one? How do you?
1: Online, there's only one, uh, there's only one wheel that actually has nine dimensions on it. Right. And they added creativity because they felt that it was an aspect that needs to be put into all of the aspects of the wellness wheel. And it's so important because if you don't have creativity, in any of them, it's kind of a dull, a dull, a dull wheel. So creativity goes along with occupational, with environmental, and also, especially your career. Uh, you need to have some variety in there, and, and creativity is very important.
0: So it's almost as if creativity is at the hub, the center of the wheel, and then the other eight dimensions come out from it because creativity touches all of them.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Got it. Awesome. So a uh, couple of other questions before we wrap up here. Um, you, one of the things that you call yourself, I believe, is a holistic personal trainer. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I used to word holistic because I, a lot of personal trainers are all about the gym, hitting the weights, but I will tell my clients to do a morning wellness routine. I tell them to do their meditation, their yoga, their Qigong. That's more of a martial arts side of my background that I focused on. Uh, my first studio was in a holistic, actually, uh, facility with a whole bunch of like acupuncturists and Reiki and also different practitioners. And I had a studio with them and I've a lot in that in my background with essential oils and the all different styles of uh, ways to heal yourself without actually taking medications like you do as well for your gut health. And um, I don't focus on gut health, but I do a lot of, like the aromas and the scents and the things to make me uplifted in the morning, like the peppermint oils mm-hmm. and a lot of trainers are not into that. A lot of trainers right. are not it just hit the weights, hit the gym, right. put on right. your uh, osteobiflex or whatever. It's like just <laughs> they, they did go the medication way and they may right. take an aspirin before they work out, which is horrible and yes. ibuprofen <laughs> or something. That's not the way to do it. And that's where I call myself the holistic. It's a more of an alternative approach with fitness and wellness and nutrition combined.
0: I love that. So yes, that a much broader approach. So that's excellent. And tell us one of your greatest success stories in business.
1: I actually had a client uh, that actually, I trained him a few sessions. He needed to get a surgery on his foot and he couldn't get the surgery because he was overweight and he had diabetes. And I trained him. He lost 21 pounds within a month and a half. And he was able to get the surgery the following month so that he can continue basically learning how to walk again because he, he broke a, he broke a bone in his foot. And if he didn't lose the weight, he would actually possibly diabetes could have got worse and he had to get the surgery. So the surgery allowed him to walk again. And I did a lot of bike work with him, a lot of upper body work with him, very low uh, weight bearing work until his surgery was over. But it goes to show if you put the effort in and he was a person that was a senior, he was like 67 years old and he never worked out within 20 years. And he started doing it and he said, the weight's coming off. I'm feeling great. I'm eating right. So the coaching and the training and the nutrition all worked together to help him lose the weight, get the surgery. And now he's able to continue working out, being able to walk, being able to jog, and pretty much changed his life for him. And that's something I look forward to every day when I work with someone, helping change their life.
0: I love that. And you literally gave him his life back because if he didn't have the surgery, his life was fairly doomed at that point from the sound of things. So yeah, that's awesome. I love that story. So what does don't wait for your wake-up call mean to you?
1: Absolutely. What we're talking about before, don't wait till you end up in the hospital. Don't wait until you have an injury. Don't wait till you have diabetes or heart disease to start doing something. I know a lot of people that said, I haven't worked out my whole life, but I started when I was 50 years old. I wish I did this when I was 20 years old because I feel great now after doing something about it. Really, you got to be proactive so that when you get older and start to age, you are going to still be in that mode of what to do. Your routine is there. So don't wait until it's too late, until you're sick, you have disease, you have cancer, and then say, I wish I did something. You always can go back a little bit, you but you might not be able to reverse everything, bone density with osteoporosis, osteopenia. Do it now and don't wait. So I love the fact that you call your show. That is so important because you don't want to wait and do it now and no excuses. Get up, do your thing, find some help, get motivation and get get it done.
0: I love that. Thank you for that. And uh, so true, right? So true. People have to ask, am I worth it? Am I worth investing my time in looking after me before I do everything for my job and for everyone else? Right. And that's often a stumbling block for people and Get the help to get over that. 100% agree.
1: I always say say to people that make sure they tell themselves they're number one. So if they're healthy and their mind is healthy, they can help other people. But if their mind is not healthy and their body is not healthy and they're not taking care of themselves, they can't take care of their family or their friends or anyone around them. Like, for instance, a caregiver neglects themselves but takes care of their family member. You got to take care of yourself first. I can CPR and first aid you got to survey, survey the scene, make sure you're okay and safe. you got to take care of yourself first. And that's so important so you can take care of others. So you're number one. Think about that. Regardless of how many family members you have, you're number one. And then you can start delegating out.
0: I love that. Very, very true. So if people want to get in touch with you, work with you, do you do sessions virtually, please share how people can, can get in touch with you.
1: Yep. I do virtual um, coaching. I do virtual training and nutrition. So do virtual kickboxing and different types of classes. So if they want to reach with me, I can do online training with them, in person, or a combination of both. And if they want to reach me, at my website is uh, body b o d y x p r e s s w s dot or reach me on Facebook with the same thing, body express ws on Instagram, and also they can reach me via on phone 615-732-5799. and I uh, feel free to talk to them, give them a free coaching session and also help them start a new journey in their life life's a journey and you got to follow the path that's right
0: i love it and we'll make sure we put all of those links and the connections uh, into the show notes for you and then you're very kindly offering a free gift of a of the morning wellness routine which i know you mentioned a couple of times so there's a download so is that your morning wellness routine that you're sharing in that free gift let the audience yeah, know what that is
1: yeah that's the morning wellness team that's in my new book for uh that i'm writing and also, that's also the mindfulness routine that I follow personally that I do and teach my clients. And the book that I'm writing actually is called Knockout. Uh, it's actually the Enemy Within Knockout Anxiety, The Path to Positivity and Happiness. And it should be coming out hopefully next year if I get it done. <laughs>
0: You will. You've got your routine. So it's going to be downloaded and you're going to be able to get it done. So that's awesome. Uh, is there any last message you'd like to leave the audience with today to encourage them to, you know, step forward on their health journey and, and take action? Main
1: thing is take baby steps and start with one thing you want to change in your life. Change one food, change one habit. And the first thing to do when you wake up in the morning is hydrate and make sure that you start your day with a good morning routine and end your day the same way and do not stress sleeping at night. Write down 10 things that you want to do the next day. Erase your mind, and if you need to think about those 10 things that's on that list, so you can get a good sleep. We forgot to talk about sleep, and sleep is super important for recruitment of your body as well as the repair, and you really need to sleep to start the cycle new every single day. And I really encourage you to do
0: that. I couldn't agree more. Sleep is important. Sometimes people say, what's more important, sleep or nutrition? And to me, they're equal. We need good nutrition and we need good sleep. And when we start with those two and then build from there throughout the eight uh, dimensions of wellness, etc., we can live a long, happy, healthy life. So, thank you so much for joining me today, Jason. Thank you to the audience for listening and make sure that you go and download Jason's free gift.
1: Thank you very much, Melissa. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: You're very welcome. Thank you for investing this time with me on the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm so glad you joined in. If you can take two minutes to share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life, that would be wonderful. Please leave a review by going to your favorite podcast listening app and let me know what you enjoy or would like to hear more of. It will support me in my effort to bring the possibility of natural healing to a wider audience and help disrupt the sick care system we have today and make human health a global priority. Health is your true wealth.